City. And the Richmond Spiders have knocked off the 12th ranked UMass Minutemen. The Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis to climb for the dive. Oh, wow. Puts it on the deck. Head fake, shoots, block. We are back for season three, episode one of the Frontline Fanatics podcast. I think it's season three. It might be four. The years are the years are flying by, as you can tell. We're not getting any younger, but we're back. You got Evan, you got Andrew, back for another year of Richmond Spider basketball. And it's an interesting one. We got a lot to, to dig into. No surprise to anybody, this team looks and feels completely different than the last four or five years that we've been used to. And we're going to be here with you all season, breaking it down and kind of seeing where the train takes us. We're excited to be back. We know it's long overdue, but we're going to, as Andrew will tell you, we're going to you know do our best to have a consistent, familiar schedule all the way through it. We're excited to interact with you guys here in, in 2022 and 23. Oh, Andrew, yeah. what is up, my man? How you doing? And uh, uh, what's good? Doing, what's good? We're good. I think, yeah, I think it's season three of the new Frontline Fanatics. Old Frontline Fanatics season one, that was like, Oh, the, pilot, the pilot season. Yeah. We don't count. We don't count that. So yeah, season three, episode one and a half. After some of you suckers fell for, fell for us breaking out the Dude, pod. Hold on, I fell for that. I woke up at <laughs> seven in the morning, clicked the link, and I'm like, did he just like kick me off the podcast? I'm like, is this is this what he's doing? Am I getting broken up with? <laughs> yeah, I need to record tonight. You're like, oh wait, it's to kick me off. <laughs> so yeah, that was like that gave yeah. me a curveball. But we're all good. We're super excited. Definitely want to get on a more regular schedule this year. Um, coming off the hype from last year, like I don't think any of us could believe that run that we had. But yeah, this team looks different. We can talk about last year quickly if you want. Evan and I were at all the A10 games in DC. If you were following us on Twitter, you saw that. Got to meet a lot of you guys that listened and followed the account. So that was awesome. Engage with the community, you know, engage with the fans. Then headed up to Buffalo to watch us take down Iowa, which is absolutely unreal. And then, you know, that disappointing loss to Providence that we kind of saw coming, but hope that we could keep the dream alive. But it, it was like, something that I don't know when the next time we'll see something like that again from this team. So you, you had to appreciate it and, and enjoy it in the moment. I don't know how you felt that, but I think it's probably the same. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, we, I think there's, there's been a lot of talk about what that run meant and, and, you know, what it means for this year and the next couple of years, you know, there were a lot of great impacts in terms of, you know, the fan base, the morale. Um, and I think it's trickling down into this year, hopefully, right. With the way that the program's being viewed in, in the school, around the city, around whatever the college basketball universe is. Um, and you know, it's going to be interesting to see how much we cling to that versus trying to embrace kind of the new wave of, of Richmond basketball, because it is right. I mean, yeah, Gilliard and Golden and Sherrod and KO, like we're old and we've been out of school for five years and those guys were playing <laughs> when we were in college. Right. And yep. we are just, we've just been so used to for sometimes better and sometimes worse, you know, a style of play and expectations of what the team should be. And now we really have to think about how, you know, how those have changed now. And I think, you know, it's hard on one hand because after such an incredible run last year, I think a lot of people are wanting us to naturally build on that. I see people writing, I think this team can win 20 plus games, be, <laughs> make the tournament again. And I'm like, hold on, yeah. slow down, slow down. Like, yeah, you just lost a top three guard in Richmond basketball history. I think you have to say that, right? Definitely. Yeah. A top, top five steals leader. Right. A top five big man. Um, and KO, I think, ended up like, top 10 or 15 on the all-time scoring list. So like yep. you you lost so much and, you know, we'll get into what we watched from the VMI game and some of the takeaways we saw. But I just – I hope that people are appreciative of what happened but understand that 
you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, I think, to, to, you know, have a product that's that's similar or just have those expectations that, that were similar to then. Um, and I'm curious to see, like I said, how much like some of the guys who were on that team last year and are still here think back to that and reminisce on that versus try to embrace, like I mentioned, a new culture and a new wave. Um, because I think this team can do that, have a very different vibe than, than years past. Definitely. And like we basically lost our starting five except for Tyler. I mean, that's what, that's the squad we were running with at the end of the year and at the beginning of the year. So when you look at it that way, and then you look at some of these projections, I'm seeing a lot of people projecting us right in the middle of the A-10, like seven, eighth in the A-10. And I'm just thinking like, we just lost all these guys. Imagine if we didn't make the tournament last year, like they would have us way lower, right? They'd probably have us at the bottom of the conference. So I think that we're kind of getting away with like riding a little bit of that high, like you said, and, and the hype being a little bit higher, but you know, we lost what? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight guys from our roster, you know, four contributors, really key contributors. Um, that's a lot of guys to lose in one year. So uh, we did bring in three transfers that are going to be pretty impactful and, and uh, a retro freshman that we'll get into later. But yeah, I think it's going to be tough this year. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the conference again, and we're just finding our identity. I think in the first half of that VMI game that we'll get into a little bit more, we were just trying to figure out like what roles are people going to play on this team is Tyler Burton going to run the entire offense. And like we saw that didn't really work out in the first game, but they kind of figured it out. So they're going to have to spread the ball out a lot more. And, you know, we're going to have to put our faith in some new players. Yeah. And, and I think we're going to have to remember who some of these players that we're, we're relying on really are. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, Matt Grace is back, key A-10 tournament contributor. <laughs> and Andre Gustafson is back and key defend, on-ball defender, shut down the, the, the best player that we were on the perimeter that we played against in the tournament. And both of those things are completely true. Yeah. But you've got to realize that it's so much different for them this year compared to last year. And you can't expect Matt Grace to be a, you know, a, a better than average starting forward in the A-10. I just, I think that's a little bit of a of too high of an expectation. And they got nothing against the guy personally. It's just, we've seen him for the last four years. His special team is coming off the bench, being a spark plug, stretching the floor, getting a yep. block, getting some rebounds. All of a sudden you can't expect, oh yeah, he's going to step in the starting lineup and average 12 and 10. Or Andre Gustafson. He shot 31% from three his whole career, but now he'll shoot, you know, maybe he'll shoot 35%. I mean, what's yeah. the indicator that that's going to happen? And so I think, yeah. like you said, we're going to really, you know, find out a lot about what this team's identity is going to be and just how these different pieces are going to roll together. And you mentioned the the transfers. And I think just from what we've seen from, you know, the first game here, they all look like they're going to be really good fits. I think Mooney's always said, we prefer people who have been here for three years, four years. And I think that's, you know, as you know, partly due to the fact that our offense is not easy to learn. Our system's not easy to just pick up, but these guys played college basketball. They know what it takes to be a, a you know, a successful player. And it's easy. It's a lot easier to rely on these guys that rely on freshmen. And so I, I was pretty impressed from each of them in spurts um, just in terms of what they can get into. And, you know, maybe you can tell us which one you were most impressed with just from watching in, in, in the VMI game. Yeah, definitely. Going back to your point about just like goose and grace, like they knew what their role was for the last couple of years. And now they kind of have to figure out like, what is my role now on this new team? So I think that's going to be something different. Unlike a guy like Jai Bailey, who didn't really have an established role last year. Like sometimes. Pod favorite, Jai Club, yeah. Pod favorite, of course. Um, didn't really have a, you know, he didn't have a lockdown role in the team. And now, you know, we expect him to take a bigger role on this team and he's trying to figure out too. So, you know, both different obstacles for, for those guys. Like, but I think they will be contributors in the end. Um, so talk about the transfers. Uh, we got Jason Roach, Isaiah Bigelow, Jason coming from the Citadel. Isaiah coming from Wofford, Neil Quinn, who I don't know if you would agree was probably the biggest splash for us in the transfer portal, um, just in terms of like notoriety and just being a really good player. Um, so those were the three big transfers. And then uh, after a redshirt year, Jason Nelson, this is going to be our starting point guard is what it looks like right now. 
Um, who do I think is going to be the most impactful? You know, it's tough. Um, I think these guys all have really good skills. Jason's obviously a great shooter. He was ninth in all of the D in all of D one and three pointers last year. 110 three shot almost 40% from three, which is really impressive. Um, and Isaiah's look, look really good in that first game. I think he was the, the TV broadcast player of the game. Um, he has a good shot. It looks like he's able to rebound too. He was kind of giving me like Terry Allen vibes a little bit out there, but a little more athletic and a little bit lengthier. Uh, that's just kind of what I got from watching him. And, and Neil Quinn, honestly, I think we didn't see a lot from him in that first game. Maybe he only took three shots um, and all three of them were like easy looks from what I could tell. And I love when they were feeding him the ball down low those couple of times. I think they need to do that a little bit more. I know we love to spread the ball around the perimeter and, you know, Grant would get a lot of those cut shots and I didn't really see Neil looking to cut a lot. It was kind of just him hanging out around the basket, but he's like ginormous. Maybe that's how he's going to have to score. Um, so I'm going to say Isaiah is going to play the biggest role this year, but Neil is the biggest sleeper. I think Jason will be the most consistent. Uh, what do you, what do you think of? Well, you know, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I think on paper and, and just to what we know about our team that Neil's going to be the biggest addition and I think the biggest X factor in terms of how quickly he can assimilate in and make a difference for us. I think Isaiah is definitely sneaky in terms of the versatility that he can give us. I just saw a lot of, you know, different capabilities in his game, either from the fact that he can clearly stretch the floor, he's comfortable shooting it from deep, uh, something that we did not have at the four spot with Kayo last year, which I think really opens up our offense. He took a couple, you know, like post hooks and, and deeper looks um, down in the paint. And then he had a, you know, a breakaway dunk, looked like he was kind of getting active on defense and rebounding. So I think he's good. And then Roach has like a glitchy quick trigger. And I think he's going to be like a <laughs> microwave kind of player. But yeah, I mean, Quinn, Quinn's interesting. One thing I noticed it's almost like, so they were VMI, talking about the VMI game. Yeah, let's get into it. By the way, yeah, so just a recap, right? I think beginning of the game, to no one's surprise, was very, very rough, for lack of a better word. Very, very average, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the entire game really didn't have a lot of flow to it. There were a lot of whistles, some questionable whistles. We didn't seem a to lot get of, into a, shots, yeah. yeah, we didn't seem to get into a flow on offense. One thing I noticed that VMI was doing was that they were doubling Neil in the post every time he touched the ball, which seemed like we almost didn't anticipate that because Neil would then just like kick it back out and then we just kind of keep swinging it around the perimeter but it didn't look like we were kind of moving off of the ball to take advantage of the fact that they had two guys and like I feel like if, if anyone would double team Grant he kind of is right away looking for a back to cut or looking for someone popping out uh, and it yeah. looked like Neil wasn't finding those passes and one thing I noticed from the first half was that like we didn't have a single like patented Richmond backdoor layup right and <laughs> yeah. like what's what's funny is like thinking back to the Iowa game like we had three in the first 10 minutes and we're like did Iowa even watch any tape? Like we're running this perfect Richmond play that everyone knows we're going to do. We can yeah. do that against Iowa, but we can't do that against VMI. That's what was confusing. Yeah. And I think afterwards, you know, Mooney was saying, hey, they're really packing it in. So they were daring us to shoot. We weren't making our shots and we couldn't get those backdoor looks. Finally, at the end of the first half, Neil was able to find Tyler on like kind of like a patented give and go backdoor layup. And I'm curious, you know, on the topic of Tyler, I was definitely interested to see how he would look in terms of like the leader on the team and on offense. And he, by no means had a, yeah, by no means had a bad game at all. Uh, had a double-double. I don't think he shot too efficiently. But, you know, what did you kind of see from him and our overall offensive flow with all these new guys? Yeah, so, yeah, Tyler played the most minutes, 30, 31 minutes, 12 points. Yeah, he was four for 12 shooting. Um, two for eight from three. I did think he kind of forced a couple threes. He did have some open ones that he just kind of bricked. But, yeah, it definitely wasn't his best game. But, like you said, like the thing with Neil trying to – you know, Grant would have looked to kick it out or right away instead of maybe trying to go up on a double. I think these are just things that these transfers are learning about this offense. Coming into the Princeton offense is not something that you've probably played in your entire career before. So obviously they've had, you know, the whole offseason, they had the summer to learn it. But until you're really in a circumstance against like a real team in a game environment, that's that's when you're really going to learn it. It's not going to be in the practice where everyone knows exactly what's going to happen. So 
Um, I think just getting different looks on defense that VMI did. Obviously, they're by no means a defensive like powerhouse. Um, <laughs> even though they did kind of hold us to what twenty seven points, I think in the first half. But I think that was more. It's it's not you, it's me. I think that was more of a, a result of the way that we were playing on offense. Um, but yeah, I think the second half was encouraging. The first half, I was a little worried, not about losing the game at all, but just about the way that we came out. Just because, like you said, there wasn't a lot of flow throughout the entire game. But I didn't really feel any flow in the first half at all. At least in the second half, like we were getting better looks. And it kind of looked to be a little bit more of the Princeton offense. I've definitely been a hater of the Princeton offense in the past. So, I mean, if we can kind of get a hybrid of like what I saw and how we were scoring without the Princeton offense, plus some of those patented cuts, I would love that personally. Yeah. No, and look, let's not sugarcoat it. Like that VMI team was really bad. Like they... They had like one and a half scoring threats. They had three right. guys that could shoot the ball. I think they have like four or five freshmen that are playing like significant minutes. They lost all their good players from last year. Their coach went to, was it Chattanooga, I think, with, with that really good big man. So that was not a good team. They shot 25% from the field, and it's not like we were suffocating them on defense to force them to do that. But like you said, I think you got to get this person under your belt. We were not expecting Richmond to come out and look like a well-oiled machine with, you know, given all these changes from last year. Um, so I don't think there's too much to say just regarding, you know, the quality of the opponent, but it was good to see them look like a much more dominant team um, in the second half. A couple other takeaways I had from the VMI game. One, um, uh, reported earlier in the day that Crabtree, Connor Crabtree broke his finger. Yeah. He didn't, so he's going to be out. He didn't play. He's not going to be out for a couple games. Um, and in my mind, Marcus Randolph, who played 14 minutes in this game, I think those minutes were the Crabtree minutes, if that makes sense. So, yep. you know, Crabtree, I think he's been here for a while. He's definitely showed some flashes, but he hasn't really been able to find, like, a true role. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, which I think is the net progress. Um, but that sounds about right to me, that 14, 15-minute mark for Crabtree. It was good to see Randolph get in there. You know, he hit a three. He played with confidence. He's someone that I think is a big question mark for us. I don't think he's going to average more than 10 minutes a game this year, due, you know, barring injuries. Um, but that was interesting to see. And then I think the big one that, you know, we want to talk about is the point guard play um, yep. because that's so new for us. Right. And, um, you know, I'm curious what you thought of the Jason Nelson and Jai Bailey split. Jason played more minutes than Jai, but it seemed like, you know, kind of based on what we were looking for in that moment, Mooney kind of could go to, to uh, you know, Nelson in the more traditional Richmond point guard or throw Jai in there with kind of like the length, height, athleticism lineup and try to cause some havoc, which I liked to be able to have those two two different options. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for any like anyone else that hasn't played a college game in like, what, two or three years, like Jason Nelson had, I thought he played well. Um, the first half was tough. He just like didn't really look like he was, I don't know. It didn't really look like he was fully there. Um, second half, he came out, played a lot better. But I mean, I think a stat line, he was like five for 10, 13 points, two for eight from the line is atrocious. Um, again, as a team, just in general, we didn't really shoot well from the line. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but like classic Richmond basketball can't hit free throws. That's something that has to change, especially with this team where we don't have like outside of Tyler, we don't know who our go-to scorer is yet. So we need to convert those opportunities, but I thought he looked good. He definitely had that traditional, you know, Richmond point guard look. I didn't think that he looked like maybe the stats just didn't show it, but I think only like two or three assists, but I mean, obviously he's not the passer that Jake was and. I just want to, I want to see him like look to pass a little bit more, like to try to try to set up some scoring opportunities, but I'm sure that'll come. And, you know, I love to watch Jai play. I think he's super athletic. Um, he's so big too. Like he really can just stretch the floor really well. I do kind of like having the combination of those two lineups. I do think eventually we're going to see like as the season progresses, one of those two guys like really emerge as like the, the guy that's going to be handling the ball. I'm curious to see in the first couple close games that we have, who's going to be in that lineup at the end of the game. You know, is there a situation where we play both of them? Like, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. So, I think time will tell, but I think Jai definitely has a role on this team, even though right now it looks like Jason is going to be like the starting point guard. 
Yeah, and I would love to see Jai run at the two with Nelson at some point if we can kind of figure out the right lineup for that. I was really, really – I came away feeling really encouraged about how Jason looked. I mean, you're right. Obviously, two for eight from the free throw line is not good, but he led us in scoring. If he makes – you know, he missed six free throws. If he makes four of them, he's got 17 points. It looks like a, a really good line for your college debut. Yeah. Um, he didn't He didn't turn the ball over in 28 minutes. He did only have three assists, but that'll grow. And he just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like the eye test thing. Just looked like he was moving around really well on defense, staying active with the ball. Handles were tight. You know, could kind of get to where he wanted to. So I was really impressed by that. I think he's he's going to have a really good opportunity to, to grow and, and be a huge contributor. And then John, uh-huh. I think, is perfect for that role of, like, coming off the bench, doing some dirty work, playing good defense. He had – eight rebounds in 17 minutes, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and that's what he can take advantage of with his size. So, you know, the three turnovers for Jai, you don't love to see that, but these are going to happen. I mean, I think a couple of them were look decently fluky. It's not like he was just straight up throwing the ball away. So yeah. that'll be definitely interesting to watch. But, yeah, overall, I don't think anything about the rotation shocked us uh, per se. It was interesting to see Aiden Noise and, and Wall- Mike Walls get in there for two minutes yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. Dude, because Noise was making a lot of kind of noise in the preseason uh, <laughs> oh, with one. Mooney. Like, you know how last year Sal Car- or Mooney was like, oh, Sal Caressi is going to like, you know, surprise yeah, have everybody. Have a role. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what he said this year about noise. And clearly he's nowhere near getting significant minutes. Well, but Sal we heard a lot about this. everyone by doing nothing and then transferring to Rafford because <laughs> we had no role in this team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and clearly Walls is, is going to be, you know, a, a kind of a deeper rotation option at the big. And we'll see where he is if he ever gets, you know, significant, significant playing time. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really, you know, really, you know, interesting game. And like I said, I don't think any of us were too shocked by the rotation. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think it was again for a team without a true identity, just kind of find its way a 21, 21 point home win when we've had a lot of trouble with season openers. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I I actually got a Snapchat memory, uh, when we lost to Longwood, I think like four four years ago, five, four years ago at home. That was brutal. Um, but yeah. I think it was a win's a win. Apologies to everyone that took uh, VMI plus 21 and a half. That was a brutal beat. I was trying um, to tell people VMI plus 18 when it was yeah. when it was that low, and then they got bet up so much. And it, you know. Yeah, yeah, tough beat. But you know what? One and oh is one and oh. Now we move on to, I guess, today's game. You'll be listening to this on Friday. Um, Richmond playing uh, University of Northern Iowa at the Robin Center. I think it's a 7 o'clock tip, and it is uh, Atlantic 10 ring night. So they'll be getting the rings. Matt Gray said he's looking forward to being able to reminisce a bit, even though normally when you get those quotes, it's like, you know, I don't want to reminisce. I'm looking forward to this season. You know, Matt Gray, that was the run of his life. So he's got to be happy about that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if some if some of the older guys show. Uh, it would be good to see some of those guys that are able to make it there that aren't playing in the G League. Um, but yeah, I don't know a ton about you and I, but they played uh, Wartburg, you know, tough, tough D1 opponent Wartburg <laughs> in their season opener. I think they won by like 50 something points. But yeah, I mean they have some solid. I know they're they're gonna come out and shoot. They beat us last year, correct? No, we beat them. We beat them. Okay. And yeah. Did we lose to them the year before that? Maybe we lost to we we played Northern Iowa. And we lost Drake. to Drake, right? And we yeah, lost to okay. Drake, who we also okay. got at home this year. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, those are like those are tough mid-major teams. Um. So we'll see. I mean, they're gonna run. They're gonna run. They're gonna be able to shoot. I think, like you said, they're two big guys. They're Bowen Borden and like I know Landon Wolf is a pretty solid shooter as well. So should be a competitive matchup. It's like. Mooney's working to not have these quote unquote easy out of conference schedules, just like he did last year. And, you know, I, it didn't really end up paying off because we didn't like execute in the conference. So we didn't like we got to selection Sunday where strength of schedule matters, but I think he's trying to do the same thing. And with an unexperienced team, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I, I think some guys did, you know, commit to coming to the ring ceremony. So I think and maybe it's like 
one of Gilliard and um, Grant is going, and then somebody else. So there'll be some, you know. I'm sure some, Nick will be there if he's in the area. Yeah, and Kale will not because he's in like Poland. Yeah, what about on the marriage, by the way? Yeah, man. Um, I wonder how, you know, that'll kind of affect the atmosphere of the building. I wonder if that'll build any nerves about like some of those guys who are, you know, the transfers who weren't there. You know, the people who didn't play a big part, that sort of thing. Um, Northern Iowa is always a tough, uh, tough opponent. You know, I don't think they're this year as good as they've been when we played them in years past but we're probably not as good as we've been in years past as well. Right. So <laughs> yep. it'll be a really interesting matchup. Um, I think traditionally they've been a fairly decent matchup for us on paper in that they're not the kind of traditional team that gives our offense trouble and our defense trouble. But yeah, like you said, Bourne is a really good player and they have a couple other guys. You know, they're just one of those teams that like you could have, you know, a guy you've never heard of just easily drop 25 on you. If he kind of gets hot from deep and we know how people tend to shoot at the Robin center. Shout out Mike um, Jones. Yeah. Shout out Mike Jones. Shout he out had like 25 in his opener at Stanford. Right? Shout out Marcus Thornton. Shout, I mean, yep. there's been you, plenty of shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this, could, this yeah, could turn into a little bit of a track meet though. This yeah. could be running a lot in this game. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think, you know, this is kind of stupid to say, but I remember like when I would play high school basketball, right. And like, Oh yeah. Let's, let's go we back were, to the glory days. We weren't good at all. But when you played a really bad team, you always played worse. And when you played you a play really down. good team, you always played better, even though you kind of knew you weren't, you, you know, you weren't that competitive. You just kind of met the moment. And I do think that the MI game, at least in the first half, kind of contributed to some of that playing down of the opponent. So I, I think we're going to come out and give a really good effort, and I expect us to win. I'm a little surprised we are uh, not currently favored in that game, Mr. Yeah, Fox, man. One-point one underdogs, it looks like wow. right now, um, per uh, – for an odd shark. So that I'm sure that line could change, but um, it'll be interesting. A lot of these A10 lines like don't really get a go official till game day. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, second game underdog is tough for a team coming, you know, across the country. So yeah, my biggest key to that, my biggest key to that game, I think, is to be able to get Tyler Burton shots from our sets, um, like open clean shots, right? Like you yeah. said, he shot four for twelve. A lot of those were kind of either, you know, I wouldn't say like they're like either. I mean, he missed threes. seven seven threes. Yeah. Yeah pull up threes or just kind of end a shot clock threes that that one um backdoor cut from neil was really the only shot he got when i was like oh that was a direct product of a set or an action we ran to give him a look and i would just love to see tyler get you know 10 quality shots from this game as a result of a set or a play we run to get him a look one thing that always bothers me is it seems like we always can get our fourth and fifth options open and that's of course <laughs> a result of their defense trying to take away our best player right but yeah of course if you've got a guy like tyler burton you have to get him at least 10 good looks a game and so I'm curious to see how we will uh, deal with that and also how Neil is going to look down low if they're not double teaming him on the touch, which I assume they're not going to. And as you said, in the second half, Neil got a couple of looks where he had a seal down low or had, had good positioning, quick, you know, one or two dribble turnover, left or right shoulder. And so I'm curious to see how he'll, you know, what his presence is like on the block, his post move repertoire, um, you know, how, how quickly he can pass out of the post and things like that. So, you know, I think those will be two keys to see how, you know, how we might play against a team that will probably play us a lot different than VMI did. Yeah, I think that's definitely <laughs> fair to say that they'll play us differently. So we'll see how that game goes. Hopefully we'll win. Uh, we'd love to get off to a 2-0 start. And then we go to Monday because you probably won't be hearing from us besides on Twitter before then. But we moved to Monday. Oh, my God. Drake London touchdown. Shit. I oh, Cordell Patterson there. Finally. Uh, he was wide open too. Um, yeah, then we moved to Charleston. So we got hit, hit the road. We go to Charleston. Um, I don't know if this is a result of a home and home from that like 2019 game. I'm assuming not because I don't think we would schedule home and homes like three years apart. Uh, I think that was we also were supposed to play them in 2020 and then it got canceled because yeah, we yeah. So maybe COVID pause. Maybe that's what it was, and now now it got moved moved out. But 
Uh, last played them in 2019. Uh, we beat them by seven in Richmond. So this should be an interesting game. I just spilled my drink on the floor. Uh, <laughs> this would be a good game. They actually play UNC on Friday night at UNC. So I'm assuming that's going to be a beatdown. So them coming off a beatdown to play us at home, maybe they'll be a little depressed. We'll catch them on a good on a good side. But uh, they won their opener against Chattanooga. Uh, connection to the via old VMI coach, like Evan said, who's now at Chattanooga. Um, one by seven, I think they play UNC. Um, their best player, I think, personally, is is Rain Smith. 24 points. He averaged 12.1 points per game last year. Um, and then they got this guy, Jalen Scott, 6'5 grad transfer um, from Bethel College. He was, like, all-conference uh, the last two years. So those are going to be the two guys that we got to shut down on D. Uh, but, yeah, it should be interesting. I love I love playing these kind of games, you know, these competitive teams that are really good in other conferences. And, you know, we come in as, as – the big guys this year, everyone wants to beat us this year, how I, is how I feel. Um, you know, we made that run of the tournament. We took down the number five seed in the NCAA tournament. So I feel like we kind of have a target on our backs, but I also feel like we have a different kind of feel to this team because a lot of these guys weren't on that team last year. And they want to win too. They want to have their names and their banner hung up too. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to playing Charleston as well. Hopefully we'll be 2-0 when that happens. You know what the worst part about the Charleston game is? What? It's on Flow Hoops. Oh, Flow Hoops, let's go, yes. So, oh, yeah. if you want to watch Richmond, you're gonna have to up. shell out ten dollars. The only good thing I, I got—I forget how Flow Hoops works. I feel like they might have like a—you only can buy like a monthly subscription. Nice. We pay—we play William and Mary on December third, and it's on Flow Hoops. So if we can get nice. both of those like games, thirty days, then that's kind of worth it. We're not gonna, oh, yeah. but everybody on here knows Flow Hoops is like a running joke. It's awful. <laughs> I have no idea how they're still in business. I mean, ESPN Plus half the time isn't reliable, m- much less Flow Hoops. So yeah. That stinks, but yes, other than that. For all we know, that game could have no announcers. It could just right, no audio. Dude, speaking yeah. of that, I was, I was watching the uh, Davidson-Wright um, State game last night, which was an incredible yeah. game. Yeah, that was a crazy the, game. The audio was five seconds ahead of the video, the entire oh, ESPN no. broadcast. Oh, so it was unwatchable. I, I had to put it on mute. Yeah, you have to watch music. it on mute. And yeah. I'm literally watching like this incredible double overtime game <laughs> on, on mute. mute. And I'm like, this is so unfortunate. You might as well be like watching Gamecast. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you know we we give Spider TV a hard time, but at least they can like sync that up. And although Bob, it did Bob go and, out, it, it did us. go out. And I don't know if you want to talk about this too much, but we did see some chatter that the in game or the in arena experience on oh, yeah. the game was really, really not yeah. up to standard. And I know that's something yeah. that you and I have kind of felt and talked about. And I'm sure you're pretty passionate about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So you think we? All right. Well, let's get your prediction for the weekend first. You and I, and then Charleston on Monday. What do you think? I think we split. I think I was, we lose. And that's that's the easy that's the easy way to. Get I know, out. I know. I think we split. I think we lose to you and I tomorrow. I think we beat Charleston on the road. Yeah, I think I'm also gonna back you up on that. I I am worried about the whole like the pregame ceremony of uh you know the eighteen championship. I just can see us coming out flat, and Northern Iowa going out to like a twelve to two lead. Moody calls a timeout, and just like the air in that building is like ready to pop. I can just feel that. Uh, and so, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you with that uh, in terms of going, you know, going to a one-on-one split to start off with a two-on-one record. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a total cop-out thing to say, but we got to do it. Um, yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about the game experience. Um, we got we got an inside not inside report, but we got a report from Roll Spides. I Roll Spides on Twitter, the man, the man or he she they I don't know. Um, screen's not working. Ball blaster, no CO2, no lineup intros. Brutal. Before the game. I was tweeting like crazy at the Richmond basketball account. I'm like, all right, an hour, we have no lineups. 20 minutes, we have no, 30 minutes, we have no lineups. 15 minutes, no lineup. They tweeted me a shushing emoji. They tweeted the lineup card five minutes before, like less than five minutes before the game started. 
clearly this was like a miscue within the system, not just about social media, but even at the stadium, they had no line of intros. Opening night, that was always like the most hyped thing. You know, we get Black Widow going. Everyone's going crazy. I can hear that in my head right now. <laughs> Black Widow going and like the team's getting hyped. We got the smoke coming out. Like, what do they do? Just walk on the court like a high school game, tip and get it going. And also, no ball blaster with no CO2. Like, come on. That's the number one thing. The screen's not working fine. You're at the game. I don't need all the screens to work. We need the ball blaster. We need the t-shirt blaster. We need the Kroger's rolls being thrown out by the cheerleaders. U-crop. Everything's got to be good. U-crop rolls, excuse me. The Kroger rolls are delicious as well. <laughs> but And they're also, I think, a uh, sponsor of the, the stadium. So we got to clean We got to clean this shit up. Clean it up. Opening day. You've had how many months? Seven months? Six months? Six and a half months to get this ready? Like, come on. What are we doing here? And allegedly, I, I don't think like the, you know, the hype man, like the old Tyler guy that used to be like the hype man during timeouts, his microphone wasn't working. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you, you couldn't hear them. Um, and I, yeah, I just think, you know, this is your first game after the yeah. highest moment and the best season in, in 10 years. Program. <laughs> and the students, dude, I saw on TV, the students showed out for like the first yeah, game was a good season against a bad team. There was, the, the student section was filled up all the way to the top of us, yeah, which is I, how which, it should be, which is great. And you got to give them a good experience. And if we were there, we probably would have been like, what, where are the intros? Like, what, Especially when a lot of those are probably like freshmen yeah. that, you know, watch Richmond in the tournament last year. Like, yep. oh, I can't wait to go to a game. And then yes. they're like, what is, this is like so mediocre. Like you and I did when we were seniors in high school, we beat um, UMass at home when they were ranked and they stormed the court. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait for that. And yep. yeah, I mean, look, it, are all these like, do technical glitches and things happen? Sure, we of can't course, be yeah. that mad about it. But like, you got to get it right for this ring ceremony thing on, on Friday. Yeah. People are going to be like, what is going on? And that's probably going to be a sellout, let's be honest, or close to one. A Friday, to first Friday, Friday night, night game with the ring yeah. night. Lodges right after the game, you know. I don't even know if lodges are still a thing anymore. Yeah, I think they, like, cha- painted. I think there's just, like, no Greek life anymore. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're like you know, uh, hangout space now. Yeah, they're, they're all, like, like modernized. Like student <laughs> lounges, yeah. Well, as, as things can never yeah. be easy, man. You know, you know how it goes. We, uh, never the program that. gets to the top, and then we can't even back them up with working lights and sound systems. <laughs> I understand, you know, the stream can go out every once in a while, but you right. can't – no lineup intros. Like, what are we – that's, like, the most basic thing you do at a game. Um, hopefully they'll get it cleaned up for the next game. We'll uh, we'll have to have Real Spide report back to us. We, um, sure yeah, we, we, we got we got to get down to a game this year for sure. It's been too long. We will. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go to both in, in the DC area, and then I'm going to go. Well, um, I'll be at Empire Classic. Uh, right. I, if I week? was if I was in New York, I would yeah. do that. But we'll have we'll have Aggie, you know, boots on the ground. Yeah. People want to meet up and say hi, and then I'm going to definitely try to. I think we should try to plan a weekend in like early in the new year and try to you know definitely. Friday game or something. Because yeah. Um, yeah, it's been too long since I've been in that building, and I just. I need to get, I don't care if we're oh and whatever at that point. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of that, speaking of yeah, that, I have, I, before we wrap it up here, I have a couple of predictions that I want you, oh. I want, want to hear your thoughts. Right. So, we're, first of all, just in terms of the overall non conference record, we're 1 0 right now. Uh-huh. There's 12 remaining non conference games, I believe. Where are you going to set our, our record after the remaining 12 non conference games? Man, all right. So VMI one and zero, Northern Iowa lost one and one, Charleston two and one, Wichita State. I don't even know if they're good anymore. They're not as good as we think. Like we think Wichita State, think we think like, like thirty. Team. You know that thirty win team. They're not that anymore. Okay, so what's that? Four games. Said like three and one, Syracuse. I think we can beat Syracuse. I know that's crazy to say, but four and one. Uh, I think we lose to St. John's. Four and two. Let's say Toledo. Toledo's good, man. We lost we lost them two years ago, I think, in the NIT. So we got 12 games. I'm gonna say we're gonna go eight 
eight and five. No, eight and five is thirteen, right? Yeah. Yep. I think eight yeah. and five. I think I'll go one one less than you. Seven and six. Seven and though? six. Yeah, I think I think eight is the line, or like I like mean, seven and yeah. a half. You know, I think that's tough because like. You know, look, we got fairly Dickinson as our last game. They almost, they almost beat Loyola Chicago. They should have beat. Them. They should have like, won that game. If that they game didn't was, put that somebody, was insane. If they didn't put somebody on the ball, they probably wouldn't have lost that game. Yeah. So I mean, Drake, like we got tough teams. Like Drake is not a guarantee. Toledo's not a guarantee. This Empire Classic potentially zero and two. So yeah, I think that like line of six. I think like six and a half. Honestly, is probably where the line would be. Yeah. Um, hopefully we're over, but I think as long as we come out five hundred, like we're in, we're in a decent spot. I, I'm not talking about like at large bid because I like. Don't think we're going to get an at-large bid this year. But who knows? Second one, after non-conference. Foreman. Oh, that's my boy. I got it's him. 33 Foreman. Foreman. Tyler Burton, three-point percentage after non-conference. For for context, last year he was shooting like 43% from three after non-conference. He was on fire, and then he ended up shooting like 31% the rest of the way. So what do you think it's yeah. going to be at after this one? I was going to go and super what is he low and say two like, and six. He's like two and six from three or one for six. One for eight. Three. One for eight, I think. I was going to go really low and say 29, but I think that's oh. too low. I'm going to say 30, 34%. Yeah. 33%. I think, 33%. I was going to go 32. 32 for me. Yeah. I um, mean, one for eight is a bad start. Okay. So we'll have to write these down and check out where we're at. The last one I'm yeah. going to give you, the last one I'm going to okay. give you is I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you Neil Quinn rebounds per game. Because I, you know, the, I feel like the rebounds are like, are is this going to be like a, you know, Richmond team can't rebound situation again? Can you see how many he got this game? I'm sure that's what you're checking right now. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Yeah, I'm pulling. I got it. He had seven, seven. rebounds. Damn. I feel like that's going to be because what do you think he should? Of? What do you think he should average? He's the first seven footer we've had in years. What do you think he should average? I mean, he should average like nine, but he's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got guys like Jai Bailey taking eight boards. Like I think we just have athletic guys that can get rebounds like look at grant he was huge but gilly would still get like four rebounds a game um i think he should average like nine or ten let's be honest but i think he'll average like six or seven i think is probably right around dude where yeah, i can't believe john got eight rebounds that's like yeah that's really legit, that's legit. Like, I would, yeah i would love to see that moving forward yeah definitely yeah so i'll say i'll, I'll say i'll average 6.5 rebounds a game Okay, so we've got I mean, six that's and probably, a half. That's probably on the lower side, though. We've got six and a half rebounds. We've got 34% from three for Tyler, and we've got eight, eight and, and six, five. Eight and five, five. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think those are all fairly accurate. And and I, look, I think that in terms of the two-player ones, that's going to be a big indicator of where this team's at if they can get to eight and five. Um, yeah, or, I mean, better. also, for the Quinn thing, he only played 19 minutes in the opener, so. Which is interesting. I wonder if that's by design. You think that's kind of – is that kind of like where he's going to be because we're going to, like, want to speed things up, like – is that just because he's like getting he's a little bit bigger, he needs a little bit more rest? Like, I don't know. One of the things he mentioned when he like committed to Richmond was like, I know that the, they have a good strength and conditioning program and they're gonna get my body right. Yeah. And you know, it's like he's a decently lanky, he's not like super big, but he's not super small. Um, you know, so I feel like he probably came in at like seven foot two sixty, which like for a seven footer is like very understandable. And yeah, I feel he's like probably, like, seven two fifty, that's perfect. That's really Yeah, good. so I feel like we cut him down ten pounds. And I feel like it's probably just a matter of conditioning. I mean, Grant, like normal regular season games, Grant, I think, would like usually play around 25 minutes. And I yeah. think that's where they're going to try to get him is in that like 25 to 28 range. Do you also think it's load management because he had that injury? Oh, yeah. I like, that I could believe him and Tyler both had injuries, right? Yeah. I could, and so, his I mean, was, a, was his a foot and Tyler's was a knee? His was a foot fracture. So that could be, that could be it. Yeah. I, and I, I, no one's asked him about that. So I wonder if he's playing. I mean, 
I don't think we'd throw him out there if he was much less than 100%. Probably not in that, in that first game, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's going to be a storyline to follow, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. You got to be excited. Um, it's good to have a young team. Like, this is so different than what we had last year. Um, it's, it's good to be young, but I feel like we also do have experience. Like, I mean, what's Neil got, two years left or one year? Or two. Two yeah, years. Like, including right? this year, too. I think Bigelow has two or three left because he Bigelow missed two play, years with injury. He could play one more after this if he wants. Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't get the extra year for COVID also? I think he got that. He, he like, when he transferred last year, that was his fourth year in college last year. But he sat out two years. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's so hard he to keep up. Is his first year, and then he missed the whole year with injury. So I don't know how any of this works anymore. Yeah, it's so hard to keep track of who. I mean, Tyler could technically play again next year. But there's no way. <laughs> that ain't happening. Yeah, unless he, like, has the worst season of all time this year somehow. I, I'm still decently surprised he came back this year. I mean, call me, I, call I, me crazy, but. I'm, I'm not. Got to get close, though. Yeah, was, you got to uh, get that money. Night, you got to get that money. Late night dinner a couple weeks before the draft in New York City. I stopped by. I said, Tyler, listen here. We need you at Richmond next year. <laughs> Slipped him a bag, and the next day he announced he was back. So yeah, you, you texted text, me like text you texted me a day early. You're like, hey, I got a scoop. I'm like, uh-oh. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You know me, Scoop City. <laughs> we won't, we won't reveal our sources, but never reveal, never reveal. But yeah, I mean, I think that's all I got. That was, that was a solid app, I think, to open it up. Um, definitely looking to get more on the weekly grind. Like, yeah, I don't know, whatever, you, whatever, whoever's still listening at this point, Bright and Back probably. Yeah, shout Foley. out right back, roll spies. I'm oh, sure, new, uh, what's the new podcast? Oh yeah, shout out, what's yeah, Sean Foley. It's it's uh oh, I gotta pull it up. I, I should know what's on that. It's like loud and something. Hold on, he just followed us. I'll check it out. Loud, loud and uninformed podcast. Yep. Shout out, shout out, loud, uh, loud shout out underscore boys. uninformed. Shout out, fourteen followers working their way up. I mean, we um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Like, let us know what you think. You think like a later in the week thing where we cover the week and go into early next week midweek early week also you know we're not gonna have a consistent day you know how we do we're just gonna roll it out whenever stuff's happening but we're gonna try to keep it consistent we'll figure out what day is the best i think middle yeah. of the week is probably the best but we'll see what happens we're looking yeah, forward I mean, to it last year i feel like i think we did like eight episodes i think we, we didn't did do we definitely didn't do enough last year we could definitely aim not. to double that and i think oh, it'd be easily. pretty legit so yeah so, you have our yeah. word that's gonna be what we're gonna we're gonna, it's gonna happen hold us accountable i know i'll get snapchat from bite back where's the episode so um yeah i get the, i get texts all the time yeah. so <laughs> clearly he's our biggest fan <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah, cool. Have you got anything else you want to say? Uh, that's it. That's it, my man. No, thank you everybody for listening. Excited for another year. Um, hopefully we have a, a successful long weekend here with these two games, and we'll yeah. be back with you guys next week. Hit us up on Twitter if uh, you got any questions or things you want to want us to talk about in the next episode. And thanks for listening. We will see you guys next time. Shout out, Roll Spy. Thanks for listening. Peace. Later. Kendall gonna take a fade away three and good, and he fouled. Screen set by Jerome. Oh, Anderson, two more. Hands it off to Brothers. The long three. He switched it. The Spiders have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead. Trey Davis to inbound. Underneath the basket to TJ Klein, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck. And Fake shoots. Blocked.